you have your Bibles, I want you to take them with me real quickly and turn to Matthew chapter number 11. Just remain standing. Just remain standing for just a moment. They decided to go out the side. Amen. All right. Matthew chapter 11. Some of you are wondering why I've got a Relay for Life shirt on. Uh, we have decided, our church, you know, months ago, uh, they asked if we could help uh, support this, this cause. Uh, it's for cancer research. Most of y'all know what Relay for Life is. And, uh, and, and cancer has affected our church. It has in, in, in many different instances. But, you know, just two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I had to go to the hospital and, and, and found out that my cousin has got stage 3C uh, cancer. And, and, you know, it will hit home when you're not looking. It will hit when you're not ready for it and looking for it. And, and we had done deciding a long time before that, but this just, you know, it gets real personal, doesn't it? Say amen. So we're going to help. We're going to do everything we can. We've got T-shirts that uh, we've got in the back if you'd like to support this. We're going to have, uh, when is that day? Mindy, when is that day? June 24th is going to be the Relay for Life marathon deal, whatever they do. And, and we need all the volunteers that we can to help support this thing. We've got a lot of people already signed up for it. But if you could come out and man one of the booths, just stand there, help with parking or something. Uh, I want a big presence from Temple Baptist Church at this deal. And you say, why? Because I want our community to know we care about them. We care about them in every aspect of their life. And this is a personal deal to me. And church, say amen. And I just want to do that. Let's, let's just let's do what we can to help with that cause. If you'd like a t-shirt, I think they'll be out there in the media center. And, uh, and we, can, we can help that way and also with volunteer help. All right. If you are in Matthew chapter number 11, and we're going to look all the way to the end of that chapter in verse number 28. I want to talk about a subject today. And I, I have to admit to you, I have to admit to you, this is not an original, this is not my outline. Uh, uh, I got this this week uh, from another preacher. I was listening to his, his message, and it helped me. It really did. Man, it helped me. My mind, I, I know, uh, I don't know what it is, but I cannot get my mind to go back and get in a pre-tornado stage. I, I don't know what the deal is, but it, it seems like I'm still operating in that run-and-gun mode, and... I can't get no rest. My, I, I, I can go to bed and I can sleep eight hours and my mind is just running just as hard when I get up as when I lay down. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And I want to talk about rest. Real rest. Not taking a nap, not getting a siesta, but really experiencing rest of body, rest of mind, and rest of soul. Can anybody use some of that today? Real rest. Let's look what Jesus says. Matthew, and by the way, I told you this was not original. If anybody comes and says it was the best you ever heard, I'm going to thump you right on the nose, all right? So I'm just kidding. We, we won't do that more than once. Amen. <laughs> Matthew eleven twenty eight. If you're there, say amen. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Doesn't that sound cool? I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. Do you know you can be physically exhausted, but be mentally rested? This is what he's talking about. 
He says, you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Father, thank you so much for your spirit in this place. Man, I love coming here. Lord, I just love meeting you and being in your presence. And God, I pray that you'll let us experience rest today. We can rest in who you are. Lord, when we get a bad report from the doctor, we can rest in the knowledge that you're in control. We can rest in the fact that you're life in the resurrection. God, you're smarter than we are. And Lord, please help us to learn something today that's going to help us tomorrow. In Jesus' name we all pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. Rest. There was a newspaper in Tahoma, Washington that did an article on a situation that took place about a little dog named Tattoo. Tattoo uh, did not intend to go for a morning run until his owner accidentally shut his leash in the car door. And the car took off and so did Tattoo. Tattoo was picking them up and putting them down. A motorcycle officer uh, seen what was going on. His name was Terry Filbert, and he saw a car pass by that looked like something behind it. So he chased it down, and he said, this is, this is what Terry said. He said, boy, a little tattoo was picking them up and putting them down as fast as he could, but he was still getting dragged and, and rolling along, pulling that behind the car. And they rescued him. Tattoo's okay. Tattoo's fine. Tattoo made it. Say amen right there. But how many of you in this building right here today, you kind of feel like tattoo? You kind of feel like you're getting drug along in life. You're picking them up and putting them down as fast as you can. You're doing everything you know to do as best as you know to do it. But it still feels like somebody's just dragging you through life and you can't catch a moment to catch your breath. Am I preaching to anybody today? Boy, you just can't get any rest. I know you're going through this because let me see, let me test you. I'm at the end of my... I'm about to pull my... Uh-huh. We're there. You know, Jesus did not want our lives to be that way. He did not want our lives to be that way. He came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Isn't that what he said? He said, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might be in you and your joy might be... He did. He said that. So what's wrong? Man, Christians should be the most rested people on the planet. They should be the most secure people on the planet. We should be, listen, we should be, uh, uh, without a doubt, the most conquering, victorious people on the planet. But sometimes I have to admit to you, and I'm a, I cannot believe how honest I was in that first service. So if it happens again, just say, God bless our honest preachers. Amen. But I've got to be honest with you. I'm not always that way. Sometimes I'm there at the end of my rope. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want to get away. David said this. David said, oh, that I had wings as a dove. He said, I just fly away and be at rest. Has anybody ever felt that way? Oh, I could just get away. I'm just tired of it. Rest. Come unto me. All you that labor, and I'll give you rest. See, the problem is this. Too many of us, and I said us, too many of us are working for God and not necessarily working with God. 
How many of you come to realize that this life is not something you can do on your own? Have you got that figured out yet? Forgive those that talk bad about you. Really? You don't, you don't think this life is hard? Turn the other. Love your enemy. Bless them that curse you. And you know what? We get in this race. We get in this, this, this commission that God has given us. We're trying to win the world. We're trying to feed the hungry. We're trying to clothe the naked. We're trying to encourage the broken. You know, it's kind of hard to encourage somebody when it feels like your world's falling apart inside. You've got to come and you've got to have a smile all the time. Because you're the Christian. Sometimes that's hard. And it's hard because we're trying to do it in our own ability. Jesus ne never said, come work for me. He said, come work with me. Take my yoke upon you. See, a yoke has got two sides. Jesus on one, you on the other. Church, say amen. How are we going to do that? Let me give you four things. And these will be quick things. It really will. It will be quick things. Four things. Let's take the word rest, R-E-S-T, and let's look at these things. What do we need to do to experience real rest from God? First thing we need to do, R stands for this. Relax in who? Let me finish. Say, so, yeah, preacher, I hear. Relax in who you are. Dr. Hawkins, I didn't think, I, I had issues with others, but I didn't think I had this problem as much as I started reading it and studying it and realizing I struggle with this one. And you say, why would you struggle with this one? Because you've got to understand, I was, I was uh, uh, last Sunday we had a, a young couple in the church that had a flat tire. And, and, I mean, it was a, it, we tried to put fix a flat in it, but it had a gash in the side about that big. It wasn't going to work. Say amen right there. Well, we tried to get it up to Walmart. I said, I'll follow behind you. We, we pumped it up with air and, and, and said, I'll be right behind you, and here we go. And, well, we got it as far as Brother Dorgan's shop. That's as far as we got. And it laid down and gave up the ghost. Say amen right there. So he got out, and I, I took my tie off, my jacket, and, and, and man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the tire off and everything. Well, we had some other folks from the church come up. One of their relatives, he's, he was sitting there watching me, and, and then and he, he got back in the vehicle, and, and, and some of our church members said, that's, the, that's our preacher right there. Well, he, got, he said, I didn't know you was the preacher. I said, I'm not today. I'm the tire changer. You got to do all kind of stuff. One day you're a plumber. One day you're a politician. One day you're a counselor. One day you're a lawyer. One, hello? And, 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 and here you are. You got you to make everybody happy. And I found out this, when you try to make everybody happy, you don't make anybody happy. But that's the case. Am I, am I preaching, Brother Hawkins? I'm preaching now, ain't I? You sing this song, this side gets unhappy. If you sing that song, this side gets unhappy. Nobody's ever happy. And you know whose fault it is? Hello. So we get in that mindset, we got to make everybody happy. We got to try to make this one happy so they'll keep coming to church. We got to try to, and, and we get to this point that we're making everybody happy but ourselves. Not that we don't need to strive for others. That's not the point I'm trying to make. What I'm trying to say is, get and figure out who God made you to be and just be you and don't worry about nobody else. 
When I first started preaching, I, I, man, my dad, I'd watch preachers preach, you know, and I grew up in an old-fashioned independent Baptist church where, I, I mean, they're foaming at the mouth during the introduction. I'm serious. They're just going at you wide open, wide, hot, hot, sound like a Husqvarna chainsaw. And I mean going after it, sweating down, and just, when they're through, they're usually half undressed. I mean shirt tail out and everything. Just, and boy, I just thought, man, when was I going to be able to do that? And I asked my dad, I remember, I, remember it, I wasn't preaching just about a month or two, and, uh, and, and I said, Dad, when am I going to preach like you? Or no, I said, when am I going to sweat like you? He, and this is his most spiritual response. I mean, just a great man of God. He said, boy, you don't have enough behind to be sweating like me. <laughs> boy, that was spiritual, wasn't it? Amen. And I just wanted to be them. I wanted to preach like Buster Seaton, you know. I mean, ha, la, 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 la. I mean, I'd see them. I'd see them old preachers on TV, and I'd, I'd get up every Sunday morning, and I'd watch an old Pentecostal preach. I had to get up before Dad did, because if Dad knew I'd done it, he'd kill me. But old, old R.W. Shambaugh, he'd be under that tent, had that microphone, and had a gravel voice like this, right here, and I said, man, I tell you. Boy, I'd want to do that. And you know what we do? I told you, I'm going to be honest, and my mama's right on the front. She always gets on the front row at these kinds. I don't know why she does that. Time I wore boxer shorts and came out as a boxer, front row she was every time. But man, I just, boy, if I could just preach like that. And then, Brother Hawkins, you'd hear old Brother Tom Hayes just do a, a, you know, take two words in a chapter and preach three months at it. I mean, just do series like, wow. I ain't never going to be that smart. Boy, I wish I could do that. I remember one time right out of college, I was, I was sitting in Victory, and they were doing a family series. And in my mind, this is what I thought. I'll never be able to do that. Man. And you know what? God don't want me to. God wants me to be me. And you know what? That pride, pride, and ambition will sometimes drive us to be something we really ain't. You know the old saying. You know the old saying. Sometimes we'll spend money we don't have to buy things we don't want to please people we don't like. And I thought this was young people's problem, you know. I was at the parking lot in, in McDonald's. In McDonald's in, uh, uh, in, in, in Eva there, right there going toward Hartsell and and, and I walked out of McDonald's, and, and, and there was some teenagers around the car, and they had a cigarette that long. I ain't lying. I mean, they was just trying to smoke and, and trying to look coughing. It was the funniest thing you ever... I, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's great stuff. <laughs> and the boy that was with me said, why are they doing that? I said, I promise you, this it ain't because it tastes good. Trying to impress people. I said, it don't have nothing to do about having a cigarette. Not when they start. It's about impressing somebody. It's about having to be something they're not. Hello? How many of us are running around like crazy trying to do something or trying to be something? You know what God said? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says I am His workmanship. When God, I like that old hat that says, you know, I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. You're somebody, don't worry about being nobody else. 
Don't worry about what everybody else thinks about you. I know that's hard, and I'm telling you, it's hard for me. I'm just going to stand here and tell you this is easy preaching and hard living because I feel like I've got to try to make everybody happy. And, but you know what? That'll never happen. Be you. You're the best you that anybody could be. Nobody can be you like you can be you, and God don't want you to be nobody else. Just relax. You're all right. You're all right. You, you, listen, don't, you can't be Bill Gates. You can't, you, can't, you can't be none of these other people. Just be you. We get such an identity crisis because we try to be people we're not. And then when we're not successful at it, we feel like a failure in life. Jacob and Esau, Jacob dressed up to be like his brother, to get something that didn't belong to him. And he spent years of miserable service running from his brother, hiding from his brother, just because he was trying to be something he wasn't. I tell you what, if you want to find real rest, just be you. You know why? It's easier. You don't even have to work at it. I see, man, there'd have been a day, there'd have been a day, I'd wore this shirt right here, and I'd been thinking, oh, what are they thinking? And then Dr. Hawkins comes in, sits on second row. Oh, God, Dr. Hawkins is here. But you know what? It's all right. God knows why we're doing it. I'm not being disrespectful to God. You know what's amazing to me? I went to a pastor's conference, Brother Hawkins, uh, last Friday, and it was all preachers. Everybody in there was preachers. And they all had, they all had like a polo shirt on and jeans, and, and some of them even had overalls on, even my kind. And, and they got up and preached. Even the one with overalls on got up and preached and threw down. I'm talking about it was good. And I got to thinking, you know what? These same boys right here will criticize another preacher if he don't have that on this coming Sunday morning. Now, if God was just as real in that meeting, you don't think he can't be just as real in this meeting? Yeah. I don't know if y'all know this, but I had a T-shirt on and God showed up this morning. This is, the point I'm trying to make is, just be you. Amen. Please the Lord. If you please the Lord, it don't care if a hair lips the world. I had a friend of mine this week. I texted him. I said, I got word how ungodly I was for being your friend. Because he's not the same flavor of ice cream we are. He's, he's a little different. He's a Church of God guy. But he's a good friend of mine. Amen. And he's been a good friend. Matter of fact, been a better friend than Baptist I know. So be careful before you pick up your stones. And he is my friend. I tell you, isn't it? Jerry Lawson. He's a pastor at Daystar been an awesome friend to me. And this is what he typed back. I'll never forget it. I said, man, I am getting it. I am getting it. Be, he, this is what he said. Let me guess. Let me guess. It's from church people, isn't it? I said, what, do you got the spirit of prophecy or what? You know. I've never had one sinner come complain to me because I had a church of God buddy. Here's the point I'm making. You're not ever going to make everybody happy. Make Jesus happy. 
and relax. You know, I tell them, I'm going to get a thing of Briar's vanilla and chocolate syrup and say, Amen. Relax. You know what? Let me give you E, because we're going to run out of time. It's supposed to be short. When I heard this from another guy, he did 37 minutes. It'll never happen. Say amen. <laughs> e. I'm quickly. I'm going quick, though. If we want to experience real rest, just relax in who you are. God made you who you are. E. Examine your life for sin. Examine your life for sin. If you ever want to be restless... Have hidden sin in your life. And I promise you, you'll be the most miserable person on the planet. You will never, never find rest. The Bible says in Isaiah, Isaiah 57, 20, But the wicked are like a troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Listen, when you have something hidden in your heart, when you have something hidden in your life, I'm telling you, you'll never have peace in your life. And the reason that is, is there's, there's something that's supernatural that took place. The moment that you got saved, the moment you asked the Lord to save you and become your Savior, He did something that you'll never understand until you really get your Bible and read it. He sent the Holy Spirit to live in your heart, and from that moment on, you cannot sin without being irritated. You cannot get out of the way. You cannot walk away. You cannot do things in your life that you did before without the Holy Spirit saying, Hey, what are you doing? You better stop. You don't, that, that's not what you are. Hey, you don't want to, You should not think like that. You should have not looked in there. You should have not said that. Man, that's a bad attitude to have. Everywhere I go, He's echoing in my heart. You don't need to call me and ask me if it's okay to do it. Hey, listen, the Holy Spirit's already told you it's not okay. You're just trying to ease your conscience by getting my permission. Well, honey, that ain't going to work. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He is our comforter. He is an awesome friend. You say, well, preacher, I don't know if it's going to be wrong or not. I promise you, you will. If you're saved and you're born again, the Holy Spirit's in you. And I'm telling you, if it is wrong, if it is wrong, He will jump up and down like a banny rooster in your heart and you will absolutely know it's wrong. You won't have peace. You won't have peace when you get around other Christians. You won't have peace when you go to church. You won't have peace, especially during the invitation, because the Holy Spirit's going to be saying, listen, get that right. Get that right. There's a grudge you need to deal with. There's bitterness in your heart. You need to make that right in your heart. The Bible says that David... When he had sin in his life, when he was hiding that sin of Bathsheba, this is what he said. He said, my bones waxed old when I kept my silence. He thought he had it hid. He was trying to hide it, and he was growing old before his time because he would not examine his heart and make it right with God. Man, if that's not a sign of restlessness, I don't know what is. Some of us know what it is. You're here right now, and you know, you know right now the Holy Spirit's done this, laid it out in living color in your mind while I'm speaking right now. Well, let me tell you something. Best thing you can do is just come nail it to the cross. Come put it under the blood. Because there is no feeling like knowing you're forgiven. 
I had an experience this week. I had an experience this week in my office. Somebody just got some things right with God. God had revealed. You know, how many of y'all know when God reveals something, it's heavy? God shows you a thought or an attitude you had or something in your life that you need to deal with. And boy, it just weighs on you. And this person had some issues that God had revealed to them and they needed to make it right. They just were weeping. I said, let's just make it right. Let's just do it right now. Let's just pray right now. Make it right. Right here in this office. So we all did. We all got down and boy, they were broken. I'm talking about weeping, wailing, broken, just, God, I'm sorry. And there was such a heaviness in the air. There was such a, an atmosphere of brokenness. And, and just, man, I'm telling you, you can almost cut it with a knife. And, and boy, when we got down and prayed, he said, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I promise you, when the amen was said, and we all got up, there was such a different expression on this person's face. It was like there was such a relief. And you know what God taught me this week? This week, I saw this, and I was just like, wow. When God gets you to that place of repentance, it's done. The discipline's done. It's over. The weeping, the gnashing, the, the, the brokenness, it's over. Now, let's love and joy and let's have peace. Let's party. See, God's not like us. God's not like what our parents have treated us before. Or like you were treated as a child. Or maybe you do You know what we do? We'll whip our child and we'll hold it over their head for a month. We'll punish them for the deal, and all day we'll still have an attitude with them. We'll still get gruff. But God's not that way. Hallelujah. This may not be helping nobody, but I'm telling you, it's helping the fire out of me that knows when God is through with me and I make it right with Him and I ask forgiveness. Son, it's done. It's time for joy and rejoicing. And I said this. I said, listen, it's done. Don't ever bring it up again. God's through with it. It's over with. God's forgiven you. He's looking at you like just if you'd never ever sinned, just like you had been perfect all of your life. Don't ever let it bring you down again. Wow. Some of you are tired today because you hadn't brought it to God. Well, I'm telling you, if you'll bring it to God and lay it at that cross, His shoulders are bigger than yours. But you know what? Sometimes we won't because we're afraid of what's going to happen when we get down there. What's he going to do? How's he going to treat me? What's he going to say? Preacher, what will God do if he really knows what... Hello. He already does. I'll tell you what he'll do. He'll do like the daddy did the prodigal son. He'll see you far off, and he'll run to meet you. You'll never find rest until you give it to him.
until you give it to him. S. S. What was, what was R? Give me R back again. Help me. Say it again. E. Examine your life for sin. Is there anything? Because I'm telling you, there is no rest for the wicked. If you're, if you're harboring sin in your life, if you've got something in your life that's not supposed to be there, I'm telling you, you'll never find peace until you get it right. Then S, this is so important. Oh, mercy is this important. You need to surrender to the will of God. A complete surrender to the will of God. Well, what do you mean? I was so honest, I don't know if I can be that honest again in this second service. But I'm going to try. Some of you have heard some parts of this about my life story type deal. And, but just hear me out on this deal. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, my dad had a camp meetings, old-fashioned camp meetings, you know, morning services, evening services. I mean, there'd be four or five preachers in the morning and two preachers at night singing and three meals a day, campers, and just the whole deal, you know. And when I was a kid, Dad would let us get out of school to come to camp meeting. Now, I just got to be honest with you. I didn't care nothing about church, the preachers. They were boring to me because I was too young to really get it all understand. They were hot, and wind sucking. I didn't understand what they said no how. But I wanted to get out of school. So I told you I was being honest. I'm just going to lay it out here for you. Well, I was sitting there, not really paying attention. I was sitting with a gentleman named Buster Drawdy. And I, some of y'all, most of them that's from Fort Pierce, they'll know who Buster Drawdy is. And, and he was sitting, our church had two rows here, and he was sitting right about three-quarters away back on that side. And I'm sitting with him, and I'm just having a big time. You know, For some reason, for some reason, all of a sudden, just a momentary lapse of time in the preacher's message, I just paid attention. I mean, I just looked up, and right at that moment, Right at that moment, Brother Bob Green, he was a great friend of ours, a, a, a missionary friend of ours. He's with the BIMI, the International uh, Division of BIMI now. And uh, he was preaching, he was talking about preachers and being a missionary and God calling people. And, and he looked and he reached his hand out and shot his hand out, pointed right at me and looked at Dad. I can see it in my head right now. And looked at Dad and he said, I want that boy to be a missionary. And it looked like his, his finger went 27 yards out right at my nose. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, a cold fear come over my body. A missionary, a missionary. I don't want to be a missionary. They got to go to Zimbabwe and eat crickets. I've done seen the pictures. I see what them people got to eat. I don't want to be a missionary. Scared me to death. I was a little kid, missionary. Is he crazy? Boy, later on, as I began to get older, God started calling me to preach. Oh, man, are you serious? I don't want to be a preacher. I hate people. I don't, I don't want to be a... Are you serious, a preacher? And you know what? It wasn't the fact of preaching that bothered me as much as it was the fact that I was going to have to go to Zimbabwe and eat crickets. Oh, man. All right. I got to play. I just I couldn't run no more. So okay, <laughs> Lord, if you, I'll be a preacher. 
but I ain't going to Zimbabwe. Now, I'll just tell you that right now. I went to Bible college, still feeling. You know, when you surrender to God, you're supposed to have a little peace. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But I knew that was what God's wanting me to do, but I still had that reservation, I'm not eating crickets. So I went to Bible college the whole time. I'm thinking, man, every time I wasn't thinking pastor, evangelist, all I could think of was missionary, Zimbabwe, crickets. I was so afraid God's going to make me, man. As soon as I graduated college, Dad said, come down and be my assistant. I said, sounds like a plan to me. If I go down there, I won't have to, Zimbabwe, missionary, crickets. I went down there, I was miserable. And it wasn't things, you know, people was getting saved, church was growing, but I was miserable. I mean, it was like hell on earth in my home. I wasn't supposed to be there. I said, well, I told Dad I think I need to go back and get that fourth year. I go back and finish school. I didn't get no, I need to get that fourth year of college. And that was an excuse for me not to go to Zimbabwe. So I got back. I moved back to South Carolina. In a little church called Long Branch Baptist Church. Didn't have a preacher. I wanted to preach. They said, come on over. So I took it as a pastor. Now I don't have to go to Zimbabwe. Everything's fine. This is cool. And people was getting saved. It was growing like crazy. I mean, it, everything was perfect. Except I didn't have no peace. All I could think about, I'm supposed to be in Zimbabwe. I didn't have no rest. This is going to make sense in a minute, people. I didn't have no rest. So, God finally told me I was, I was through there. So, hey, it's it, right here. And man, I was struggling. So I devised another plan. <laughs> I know y'all are so much more spiritual than I am. And you never make deals with God or try to deal to get around God. I know y'all don't ever do that. But I said, I'll go to Costa Rica to language school, and I'll learn the language, and I'll come back here, and I'll start Spanish-speaking churches here so I can be a missionary but be here. And not Zimbabwe. See, I'm getting a little closer and a little closer. And, but I did not. And here's the deal. I got to a place I was just ready to quit everything. I just ain't going to do anything. I'm just so tired of not having rest. Say it with me. Rest. Because I was not in the will of God. I was not surrendered to the will of God. And I finally got to a point, I can't run no more. God, I'm tired of this. I don't care. I don't care. Lord, if it's Zimbabwe, if it's Paraguay, Uruguay, I don't care where it is. Lord, just, I want to do what you want. I'm tired of this. I got to have some help. I got to have some rest. God, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I don't care what it is. 
within one week, within one week, I believe, I got a call to come to Coleman, Alabama. They said, we need you to come candidate for pastor. I said, nope, I'm going to Costa Rica. <laughs> I got to go to language school. And you know what? I've been here ever since. Let me tell you how that happened. I was called to come, and they said, well, just come fill in for us. I said, I can do that. They said, if you'll come, we'll take you coon hunting. I said, write me down. I'm in. That week, the radiator blew up in my car. Had a Ford Taurus, had a 79 Ford four-wheel drive, red four-wheel drive. I was coming home on the, on the Friday before I was to drive here to preach, and it blowed up so bad I had parts laying in the road. And Tammy said, because Tammy didn't want me to come out here no how. And she said, she said, well, just tell them, call them, tell them you can't go, you just, we don't have a vehicle. So I, I called them and said, listen, it's too late for us to get anybody else. Just rent a car, we'll pay for it. I said, wow. Come out here. I'm filling in, y'all. I'm Costa Rica, man. Tammy's parents had just moved back into the town we were living in. Just moved back. She was so happy. I preached that Sunday morning here, first Sunday here. I called her. She said, how'd it go? I said, man, you wouldn't believe it. It went awesome. She said, don't say that. <laughs> that night I preached again. Called from the motel again. She said, well, how'd it go? I said, man, I'm telling you, it went great. She said, I said, don't say that. When I went back, she knew. We used her parents' moving boxes that they moved there to move here. She's just now starting to get over the bitterness. I don't know why. You say, but preacher, what about that Zimbabwe stuff? Let me tell you what God will do to you. God didn't intend to send me to Zimbabwe. My flesh and my fear was afraid of the will of God. What he wanted from me is a willingness to go. Because see, until I'm surrendered to the will of God, you're never going to have rest. Now let me say this about the will of God. and let me, we'll, we'll get to tea and we'll quit. Do you realize if it had been Zimbabwe and crickets, son, that I would have had a time of my life. Because you've got to understand something about the will of God. God made you and designed you to be who you are. And he has got a perfect place just for you, designed for your ministry and for your activity and for your touch and your gifting. And man, when you are operating in that, you'll never be happier. I'm telling you, I'm as happy as a fat baby in the phone booth right now. Say amen. I love what I do. I'm excited about what I do. I'm thanking God every day that God called me to Coleman, Alabama on the corner of 157 in Campground Road. I'm loving the will of God. And we are so scared of it. Jonah tried to run from it. Peter walked away from it. And you know what? Both of them lost rest because of it. Both of them was miserable because they were out of the will of God. You know what? The happiest place you'll ever be, the safest place you'll ever be, the most provided place you'll ever be in your life is in the center of God's will. Just say, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do? And guys, don't be bent 
Don't be bent if you're not where you think you need to be. God's big enough to put you where he wants you, when he wants you there. I didn't call about this job. I didn't send out resumes. I didn't check monster.com. I didn't, I didn't do all of this stuff. I didn't, I didn't say, hey, God came and got me and put me in his place. All you got to do is surrender to it, and then he'll put you in it. But the problem is, some of you are not surrendered to it. You think you're supposed to be over here, and right now he's got you over here, and you're wondering why. Hello? Well, I'm in the will of God, then why are you so miserable? Why are you so miserable? Because where the will of God comes is peace and joy. When I was at my dad's, I, just, I never could feel at home. When I surrendered to preach, my dad gave me some awesome advice. He says, wherever you go in the ministry, wherever God takes you, go to die there. My dad didn't believe in using this church to get to this church and using that one to get to this one and, and hopping. He said, just make up. He said, God may take you other places. But wherever you go, you go to die there. If God takes you somewhere else, amen. If not, but in your mind, you go to spend your life. And I never could feel at home until I got to the place. It wasn't there. It wasn't at Long Branch. It wasn't in Bible College until I said, wherever, God. Amen. Now, I'm experiencing rest. Rest. Last of all, write this down and we'll close. We're done. I done went too long. Timing. Timing is critical. Don't get out of timing. Don't get out of time with God. They tried to get Jesus to go to Jerusalem. Come on, man, that's where it's happening. That's where all, everything, come show off your gifts, do everything. Go down, let's go to Jerusalem. Jesus said, hey, my time is not yet. We want to get out of time so much. We get so impatient with God, don't we? I'm fixing to graduate high school and I'm not married yet. Come on, people. Do you realize how long you're going to be married? Take a little time. Preacher Brown gave some awesome advice one time. It was in a singles class. This is what he said. He said, buy everything you want to buy. Go everywhere you want to go. Do everything you want to do. Then get married. Because after you get married, you ain't going to do none of them things. Don't get in no rush. Because when you get in a rush, you pick the wrong one. You know when you pick the wrong one when you get desperate? And, and just because he's the first one to show you any attention, that don't mean he's Prince Charming. Usually before God brings the right one, the devil brings five wrong ones. Be picky. Ladies, be picky. Yeah, call them. Go through the herd. Yes. I'm serious. I'm partial to the ladies because I got four girls. I don't want my daughters to pick the first turkey that comes along. What do they got to have then? A job! 
Hello. They need to be a Christian. They need to be saved. They need to love God. Don't get in no hurry. God's got timing. His watch ain't stopped. He knows what he's doing. Amen? Don't think you got to rush into a ministry just got to... The worst things I ever did in ministry was start things before they was ready. Put people in positions before they was ready. Brother Hawkins, did you ever do that? Worst mistakes I ever made in my life. It's always easy to hire, but it's hard to fire. Amen. Listen, listen to what Warren Wearsby said. I seen this and I wrote it down. This is good stuff right here. Warren Wearsby said this, The ability to calm your soul and wait before God is one of the most difficult things in the Christian life. Our old nature is restless. The world around us is frantically in a hurry. But, now watch this, but a restless heart usually leads to a reckless life. You want to make a bad decision? Rush it. You want to make a bad choice? Rush it. You want to lose sleep and have no rest? Get out of timing. I've been told by mechanics that when you get a car out of timing... You'll burn more fuel and have less power. Think about that. Consume more energy and have less ability. You know, it's the same way. When we get out of God's timing, we're going to work ourselves to death and get less done. Instead of just waiting on God's timing. God's timing is perfect. Perfect. Well, what, well I got a promise and I got a call. and I, got, I know all that. Abraham had it too. And instead of waiting on God... He rushed it and tried to get ahead of God's timing. And he had, a, he had a baby with Hagar and Ishmael. Now look at the mess we're in because of that. With the Jewish people and Arab people. Because somebody got out of God's timing. Listen, just wait on God. You just, just wait on God. Timing is so important to experience and rest. Church, say amen. Say it with me and we'll pray. R. Say it again. R. E. S. T. How many of y'all believe all four of those are critically important? Let's give God praise right here. I want to I be able to practice these in my life. So let's do this. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, I want to invite everybody that will come and find a place in this altar. And let's ask God to help us with these because these are not easy. These are so critically important, but they're not the easiest things in the world to do. So I want to invite everybody that can. Come on, find a place in this altar. Practice these four to help us with this. You say, preach, I don't have any rest. Well, let's come... Let's come talk to God and find out which one of these we have issues with. Which one of these are we struggling with? Anybody need to find a place and pray? And just give, give your problem to God. It says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He says, we have the ability to cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. That's it, come on. Just find a place and let's give it to him. Let's give our burden. Let's give our problems. Let's give our needs to him this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for your touch. I pray for your anointing. 
I pray for your help, your ability in this place. God, I pray that you'll move on every person at this altar. As we are praying, asking you to help us to just relax in who we are. Just believe you were right in what you've done and you were good in how you've done it. You don't make any junk. God, we want to examine our heart right now. Is there any sin that we need to confess? Is there any sin we need to give to you? God, there's such a wonderful feeling of forgiveness when we know that we have been forgiven. We know that you're not going to hold it over our head. We know that you're not going to drag it up all the time. God, thank you so much for your forgiveness. Lord, help us to stay right in the middle of your will. God, I pray that you'll speak to those that are at this altar and in this church. Help us to surrender completely to your holy will, your perfect will. Please let everybody know how happy they'll be there, how satisfied they'll be there, how provided for, how much peace they'll experience in your will. God, I pray for us to stay in your timing. I pray for us not to get in a hurry, not to get rushing around trying to get something done before you're ready for it, before we're ready for it. Help us to believe that your timing is perfect. God, I pray that your will be done. Help us now today. In Jesus' holy name we all pray.